0: Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Our beliefs can have a profound effect on our attitudes and actions. It's the difference between walking by faith and walking by sight. One example of where Paul invites us to do this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where he says, So we are always a good courage, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and knowledge in the victory of Christ, not walking through the battlefield. (laughs) If you walk by sight, you're standing in the battlefield going, oh, this is terrible, woe is me. Paul is standing on the other side in faith already having won the victory. We walk in victory by faith. Now, as followers of Jesus, we walk by what we know and believe rather than just what we see. And what we see may be an obstacle to recognizing greater things happening around us. We see it clearly here in this chapter of St. John's Gospel, where the disciples are locked away. They're discouraged and afraid because of what has happened in the past few hours. All of this between Friday and today uh, we 're not talking about that much time. This has all happened so quickly, and they 're just like ping pongs, ping pong balls in a you know a, a cigar box just bouncing all around <laughs> emotionally. But they have heard some rumors, but after all, they saw Jesus die, and while they are all still bewildered. The risen christ comes through the locked doors and brings peace into the present moment and he points the disciples to the future he points them to the reality of the kingdom versus the faulty perception of the disciples now here's where we pick up with today's gospel reading it is still easter day now by now it's evening and despite all the excitement the apostolic band was afraid. Me, I mean, I would be too. they had hunted down Jesus, why wouldn't they hunt them down? And so they gathered together in a private room behind locked doors, and suddenly Jesus appeared to them. This is John 20, 19 through 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus was in their midst, although no one had unlocked the door. Hearts raced, adrenaline pumped, and Jesus gave them the supreme greeting, Shalom, peace be with you. And to dispel their fear that he was a ghost who might have returned for retribution, because there was a a good reason for that. (laughs) I mean, they had all abandoned him. And uh, a a petty person might have returned just to torment them. And so there's a reason to live in fear of that. But to dispel that fear, Jesus shows them that he is not a ghost, but he is a real living body. Uh, He let them see his physical body carried the scars of his passion. And I here before them is not a ghost, but resurrected humanity. He is the first fruit, Jesus is, of what we all will become. Now, this incident in itself is a remarkable take of two different perspectives on Jesus' scars. Have you ever wondered why God did not perform a little plastic surgery when Jesus rose from the dead? You know, to make him look physically perfect again? On the one hand, these scars were produced in hate and cruelty and point to an obscenely brutal death. Why would you want to keep them? But on the other hand, because Jesus is risen from the grave and death could not hold him, these scars point to the glory of his sacrificial love. They tell us the depths to which Jesus would go to win us back from sin and death. So in God's kingdom, those scars are what make Jesus a perfect image of our Father in heaven. Remove the scars, and you remove the beauty. So on Easter night, our beloved Lord came through the locked doors and revealed to his disciples the sign of his love. What a night. What a moment. So hard for us to even grasp just how earth-shaking this moment was for them. What a revelation that Jesus was alive in the flesh. Not only was Jesus alive, but he needed them to be alive too. And he had work for them to do. He needed them to begin to walk by faith rather than by sight. So John tells us, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me So I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the birthday of the church, not Pentecost. This is the birthday of the church when the disciples received the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Notice something here. Jesus doesn't scold them. He doesn't do retribution. He doesn't go, gosh, been a rough couple of days. Let's sit down and talk about it, you know. Instead, Jesus shows up and says, hey, boys, we got work to do. So to sum up with this encounter, the disciples were afraid and were hiding in an upstairs room behind locked doors. They were walking by sight. Then Jesus comes to encourage them to walk by faith. He speaks peace, shows them the scars from his wounds, gives them a commission, empowers them with the Holy Spirit. He's always looking ahead. Jesus is always looking to the next thing. Building his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven is his priority. And he comes back to say, let's get busy. But one disciple had missed the whole thing, Thomas. And this is a wonderful lesson for us because Jesus shows that even when someone doesn't live by faith, he doesn't write them off. Thomas lived by sight and his eyes were clear and he saw Jesus die. And we all deal with our emotions differently. So maybe Thomas had gone off on his own and he wasn't there the night that, Easter night when Jesus appeared, but to his credit, he wasn't going to act like he believed when he didn't believe. Have you known people like that who, hey, Jesus is risen. Let's get excited. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But you know, they don't believe and they don't change their lives and they don't act on it or anything. Uh, Thomas wasn't going to do that. If he didn't, if he didn't believe it, he wasn't going to act like he did. And so Thomas said, Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And the Lord gave Thomas time to think about it. Eight days, exactly. And John tells us eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Now here we have a difference. (laughs) One minute, Thomas is like, I don't believe it. I saw him die. You're going to have to show me the, he's going to have to come up and show me his wounds. The second minute, my Lord and my God. Thomas may have been slow to believe, but he was not slow to grasp the implications of Christ's resurrection. Jesus was not only his Lord, but his God. And the evidence was clear. Thomas's faith rested on the solid rock of Christ's resurrection. Now, we give thanks that Jesus is patient with us. We give thanks that for those of us who are Thomas's, he takes a little time, lets us think about it, and comes and kind of gives us a little more information to help us along the way. But I still think that, according to his words we're going to read in a minute, he was disappointed. And that uh, he, he has a special love for those who walk by faith rather than by sight. Some still today say the body was stolen by either Christ's enemies or his disciples. There are all kinds of theories out there. Isn't it interesting that all this time later, they're still time to disprove the resurrection. It's kind of like an atheist trying to disprove God. You know, just how do you do that? <laughs> because see, either alternative, either the disciples or his enemies stealing the body, is a psychological absurdity because his enemies would not have wanted him to be, disappear so that it would encourage belief in his resurrection. They would have wanted his body right there where they could show it. And his disciples wound up willing to die for this truth. Who would die for something they suspected or knew was a lie? Who would travel around the world suffer all kinds of hardships, and die for a lie. They knew the truth. Well, the difficulties of belief may be great for some, but the absurdities of unbelief are even greater. So what about us? we receive a wonderful blessing from the Lord that he pronounces to those who do not see and yet believe. John twenty twenty nine. Jesus said to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who walk by faith. John tells us that the great goal of his gospel is for us to believe. As Peter and John and Mary and Thomas believed that Christ is alive and is our Lord and God. He says in John 20, verse 30, 31, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. that was written 2,000 years ago or so, and it still is just as meaningful today. From the perspective of a disciple, nothing has changed. In the world today, people either walk with the perspective that Jesus is dead and gone, or they walk with the faith that Jesus is alive. And it makes all the difference in how they live their lives. St. Paul tells us, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. There is the kingdom of this world, and there is the kingdom of our God. Our ministry is to spread the kingdom of our God throughout this world. And to do this work, we cannot remain in locked rooms, terrorized by the troubles we can see. For those troubles are the very reasons we need to get out in the world. Jesus comes to us through our locked doors, He gives us the Holy Spirit, and He sends us out to spread His kingdom. Brothers and sisters, Let's you and me walk by faith. And let's turn this world upside down with the truth of God's kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon. Thanks for tuning